Fuck, this dude's gonna off himself. They went over there and checked on him. Let me play my part. Check two hate. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. For you, you said you didn't have some really dramatic struggle of, of getting through the PTSD. Um, it was just kind of a natural ability of yours to let things roll off. What are some other people, what are some stories of, of success and recovery of people who have been through the grinder that you could maybe share? Yeah, and again, uh, you know, whether it's institutionalized or not, you know, I think just uh, seeing people reach out and get help. I mean, it starts with talking to a friend talking to someone that cares a significant other, but ultimately realize that, uh, you know, help does come in the form of actually trained professionals too, right? We can all do a lot on, on the outset of that and getting feelings out, but uh, just seeing a lot of my friends having gone through the system, you know, having gone through the VA, having, uh, you know, got help and, and really working with a, a trained psychologist to get some of those things out. You know, I had, a, I, I've called the police to go over to a friend's house that I thought he was going to commit suicide. Um, didn't, but, you know, they went over there and checked on him, and um, he was struggling. Um, he wasn't going to off himself, but he didn't realize that, you know, the language he was using, you know, to, to anybody else reading it said, fuck, this dude's going to off himself. We've seen it. We know it's going to happen. And he actually, rather than being pissed off, appreciated it. He's like, you know what, you're right. I probably should get help, but I didn't realize you guys love me so much, you know, that you... Sent a fucking cop over here in the middle of the night because you thought we're, I was going to off myself. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, shit like that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, just seeing like, and I, and I wouldn't say, yeah, I, again, struggle with stuff. But, you know, I don't know if it's normal to keep a, you know, a loaded firearm on a tactical swivel holster on the back of your nightstand so that you can lay in bed peacefully and still uh, zap someone who comes in your door either. <laughs> well, I know people, I mean, I'm not a huge gun person, but I know people, because of what I do now with, with the foundation, people tell stories of what they've mm -hmm. been through. Like, I know people who've walked through their living room door just coming in the house one day and someone's there and it doesn't go well. Yep. Like, but I mean, what were they going to do? That person was already, had, had already broken into their house and it was a woman and like, you know, it was bad. Like, that shit is real. Danger is real, you know? Mm-hmm. I found it funny the other day. I was thinking about um, I'm always more careful to lock the house if I'm leaving than if I'm there. I'm always like, Interesting. I'm yeah. <laughs> like that mic you're using right now. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose something right. that she held in her hand. I don't want to lose my stuff. But I'm always like, okay, I should really lock up because I'm going to go run errands for a few hours. And then if I'm just laying around watching YouTube or something, I'll be like, I don't have to lock the door. I'm right here. Like I care more <laughs> about protecting my things. But what if someone like really does... Like yeah, I'm more of the, have... I'm going to lock the door because I'm here. I don't care about this really? stuff, but I'm I'm worried about uh, having to react quickly and ultimately, you know, yeah. having to take action when, you know, if I'd have locked the door, they'd have stayed outside. Good call. 
Did you um, ever think of going back again? Or were you, while you were in, <clears throat> did you know it was going to be one and done for you? Um, no, I didn't know it was going to be one and done, right? That's a, that's a thought. I also knew um, they did everything they could to try and get you to, to sign back up again over there. This, I mean, I get it. It's a good, uh, you know, it's money-driven for us, right? When you can get an extra $20,000 tax-free by signing on the dotted line for an extra three years, it sounds pretty good, right? You know, when you're a you know, 21, 22-year-old kid and, age, and yeah. you don't have a lot of, lot of funds, I mean, that's uh, they're providing people you know, means to support their family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I didn't, it, it actually, I got back and just realized that, uh, I had enough fun. I wasn't over the edge from the standpoint of how I could mentally grip with everything. So I just, uh, I wanted to be done. You know, I wanted to actually have a family yeah. and, uh, in my mind, at least that's not a family man's game. So. Interesting. Yeah. yeah no, to, to answer that in a different way, uh, a lot of people went back over just so they could get what was lost, you know, the adrenaline, the 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 feeling of almost invincibility. Younger guys, or even guys, yeah, thirties, forties. I mean, yeah, young. I mean, most of us were were at most in our you know thirties, forties. You know, everybody was pretty young. I mean, I got uh, I got the call two days before I turned twenty one, <laughs> so I didn't know a whole hell of a lot about the world. So. Uh, ultimately grateful for it though, right? I wouldn't be the person I am today without it, right? I wouldn't give as much of a shit as I do mm. <laughs> if I hadn't done it. So, yeah, I think I think pain can build bridges that complacence and comfort cannot. You know. Ooh, you should write that down. That's a good. Ooh, one. I should start I a like podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think there there are things that you can't. Uh, that you can't feel uh, by just observing it in someone else. Like if someone said to me when I was 11 or 12 or 15 or something, oh, that was my dad's, blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, like, does it work? Do you, are you saying yeah. it's really old? Like, what does that mean? Now that I've lost someone and I'm sitting there looking at that mic in front of you, don't fucking touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it means right. to have a family heirloom, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but our family heirlooms are these cables and her songs and, and all this other right. stuff. Um, so, like, you, there are, there's stuff that you can understand when, when you've suffered that you can't understand if, if your life has just kind of been on the high, the high, smooth road. And I'm trying to see that as maybe not a benefit, but a platform, you know? Right. No, that's a good way to put it, for sure. Yeah. There are things that you can, I'm trying to understand this. It'll probably take years, but I'm trying to wrap my head around this concept of, um, I'm not a religious person, but there's a lot of religions built around be grateful for your suffering. Because there are things you can only achieve if you've been there. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm guessing that uh, that would be a helpful philosophy for a lot of veterans. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, other thing, just tie back to your music, you know, or, you know, Kelly's music. Uh, so I bought the CD. I encourage everyone to do that, not because it supports a great cause, but because uh, it's got some killer jams. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who have put music out there for fundraising but uh i mean just uh i mean i'm amazed at the at the sheer talent to be perfectly honest and i'm you. not a big female vocalist person mainly because i sound a little more awkward when i'm jamming out singing it but uh at the same time then what's uh, with the fucking <laughs> Katy perry poster behind you what <laughs> oh, you got me to look and I, I have two little kids so i totally blamed it on them <laughs> <laughs> hate becoming available on itunes spotify kellynicole.com You've seen the flash drive with mm -hmm. the dog tags to it, which is on our website, on our online store. That has the documentary, which we haven't talked about yet, but you've seen that. Mm -hmm. um, 
the album in wave files, not just MP3s, so you can hear the real audio, and it has her first music video, Infected. So check out the album. Thanks for the plug. Um, and the flash drive is the way to get it. You can wear her name over your heart for the rest of your life and know that you're helping save someone else. I hope. That's the hope. Um, so do you remember the documentary? I know it's been a minute since you saw it. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Do you feel like... I know it wasn't a veteran story. Right. But I was trying to tell the story and get it across to people how difficult this is without also... Uh, um, with also, without betraying her privacy, mm-hmm. you know? So what was your takeaway from, from the documentary, which is on our YouTube channel? It's called I Want You to Hear Me, The Kelly Nicole Story. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was, it was I mean, I'm getting almost goosebumps now thinking about it again. It's just, uh, I mean, just uh, you could see it. I think you did a great job, you know, not betraying her trust so much, but getting the getting her story out there, you could show that there was, there was struggles, there was pain, there was stuff beneath that, uh, you know, that smile and those riffs that was causing it to come out in the music. And I think just uh, just seeing that and knowing that it was there and that you were there to help, uh, but that music, taking that music and, and hopefully turning it into something that saves somebody else. Not everybody is fortunate enough to have somebody else to help save them. Yeah. You know, when you talk about people who are dealing with this stuff, uh, you know, PTSD, for whatever reason they have it, uh you know, whatever it takes to, to help save them, I think is interesting. So, yeah, for sure. I think I used to, like you were talking about, it takes a minute to try to figure out how to raise money as a nonprofit leader. And I've been trying to think, is that even the right goal? Like, should we, should my goal every morning when I get up, when I have time to do this outside of my full-time job, um, be like, okay, how are we going to become a fundraising powerhouse, you know, mm-hmm. or, or is it more like the people who come to me and say, this music is changing my life. I feel like someone understands me and I've felt so alone up until now. Like maybe getting the voice heard is like even more powerful than raising a million bucks. I don't know. I'm still trying to learn. You know? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting concept. I've thought about that when I passed the person with a sign that says, uh, you know, homeless vet, hungry, whatever, you know. What, what if you just sat there and interviewed them for a half hour over a bite to eat? You yeah. Know, how how would that story play out? No shit. Would it play out? I'd probably Does anyone else I don't give know a shit? If they'd want to talk to me or not, but I'd go do it if you wanted to. Yeah. So anyway, that's just that's something that I've I've uh, I've toyed with. Really? And and you know, yeah, you know, look at this week. I mean, literally this week, you know, homeless vet. And this is I mean, this is, you know, they're they're everywhere. And you know, everybody's like, "Oh, do they exist?" I mean, dude actually produced a, a VA medical card. Which you don't get unless you were a veteran and have been seen by the Department of Veterans Affairs. Was this in or the something. news? No. I've been under a rock. No, no. This what? What under? What in the news? You said this week. Oh no! This week, I literally had somebody approach me that that oh. needed that needed something that needed money. Um, I had parked my car, and they approached me in a parking lot, which may or not be recommended, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't look in. <laughs> don't have trunk. your hands in your pockets, please. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna cause my heart rate to to come up and possibly safety click. But anyway. Um, he came up and, you know, noticed the, the license plate, you know, and actually produced the veteran ID and said, you know, Hey, look, I'm not going to bullshit you. I need this, this, and this, and just wondering if you have it, you know, and your means to help at all. I said, enough said, I don't, I want to hear, I don't need need any more of your story. Thank you for your service. Here's 20 bucks. Use it in the way you feel is going to help you out the best. Are there, well, that's amazing. Are there, uh, for someone in that position, who's literally down to their last 10 cents mm-hmm. in their pocket, nowhere to live maybe, um, you know, sketchy family situation, whatever it is, sketchy job situation. 
like what where can they literally go besides a shelter and a shelter is like a band-aid right yep i would say i mean uh department of veterans affairs is still a good spot to start um there's a lot of organizations that have made it through the red tape that can get you a start there um but again you know i think everybody's like oh well will you by the time the farm's up and running there probably won't even be any homeless vets and you know i'm like that's bullshit what the fuck are they talking about <laughs> I mean, well who said that oh it's it's been said i don't, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus but people are like oh there probably won't even i'm like no there's always going to be a homeless problem there's always going to be homeless vets there's always going to be a need and if you build it you know they will come there's there are yeah. going to be people coming out of the woodwork wanting to stay how are uh yeah no kidding i think you're gonna have a hard time shuffling them back out right without it seeming cold and callous because mm-hmm. what if that's a healing place for them and they're in a year is just not that much time right you know um that's going to be interesting what kind of differences have you seen between different uh, eras of service like say vietnam vets dealing with what they've seen versus people who toured where you did i think we're lucky i mean it come to a forefront now people actually get that there's a mental game that happens here. Uh, you know, when I got back from, I, I'll never forget it, I got back from overseas. You know, we got into the, the Bangor main airport, and there was lines and lines of people thanking us. Really? Um, offering us their cell phones to call home, wanting to buy us a beer, buy us lunch, just super appreciative. Um, I still get people that thank me to this day, and just, uh, you know, it just it honestly hurts my heart to know that that generation didn't have it. Yeah. You know, the the Vietnam group, uh, you know, they got spit on when they got back. You know, right, wrong, or indifferent, again, it's we're, we're doing it for the same reason. You know, we were asked to, and regardless of people believe in the mission or not, it's still a mission, and it, and it has to happen. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think it's just uh, the difference is that we have way more support than they ever had. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had better equipment than they ever had. but I mean, better everything than they ever had. So, I mean, my, my advice, if, if you see somebody out there, is to thank them. Um, that might be their first time, you know, as a Vietnam veteran that somebody's actually come up to them and thank them for their service. Yeah. And that one little phrase, uh, you know, might make the difference in their week, their month, their year. So. Yeah. How do you feel like things have... Uh... I mean, I'd like to say hopefully that they've improved around people of that generation talking about mental illness. I mean, there wasn't even, as far as I know, that diagnosis is kind of new. It's, it certainly yeah, it's fairly around. new, yeah. yeah. I mean, or at least fairly new as far as being talked about, right? Um, I think it's getting out there, right? I think the overall system, the fact that it's known about some of those questions and stuff are being built into the... Uh, you know, those regular appointments that the Vietnam era vets are, are getting if they are indeed actually getting those appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's imperfect at best, but I think it's, they're finally, some some help is finally coming to them, I would say. I would hope that there's not any kind of like <clears throat> uh, egg timer, statute of limitations. No, no there isn't. They can go and get help right now. No I would sure what. think so, yeah. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about biggest common misconceptions from the civilian population about veterans with mental illness? Because it can go the other way, too, where it's not like people don't get that they have it, but they assume that they do, and maybe we won't hire that person, or maybe that person's, like, me calling you Clock Tower right off the bat. (laughs) Well, you had made quite an impression. Um, Sorry, I can (laughs) laugh about it now. I think that's funny. (laughs) We both remember, though. Um, Well, I mean, yeah, you made an impression around the office. But, I mean, again, you had come from a culture where you're right. fighting for your life and fighting for someone else's chance to have a freedom that we mm-hmm. take for granted. Of course, it's like, oh, 
you know, the election's on Tuesday. Is it going to rain? And you're like, is it going to rain? We're out of fucking ammunition. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a different set of values. Right. If you've never had it versus us where we kind of, you know, it's where we came from. By the people, for the people. So we take it for granted. Yeah, but I think the biggest misconception is that there is one common, unique driver of it, right? Um, people think, oh, God, you must have killed a whole bunch of people or saw your best friend get, you know, destroyed in front of you or the truck in front of you. You know, there's just... They feel it has to come from this just defined set of things where it's that's not true at all. And I think that's where it's a good, you know, kind of bridge to, to your world of, you know, PTSD can come from anything. I mean, some people might have it just from the fact of having to, you know, leave their family for a year. And even they may not have seen any combat at all. But while they were gone, you know, they might have had a kid. And while that happened, their wife might have cheated on You know, there's all these little things like that that play into it. Um, everybody processes shit differently. Um, me, it's more of a morbid curiosity. So I'm, you know, kind of grateful for that. But, you know, not everybody can uh, can handle seeing, seeing a dead person. Yeah. You know, not everybody can handle that shit. Not everybody can handle it when, you know, things are exploding and going chaotic around them. Um, so I think that's just, I mean, it can happen from anything and it's not, you can't say, oh, hey, this person probably has it or this person probably doesn't have it or this person has it worse than the other person has it. There just is really no way to know unless you can, you know, look into the human mind, in which case, uh, we'd like to interview you for the next podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I've got this like, um, kind of idealistic stereotype in my mind of the military family and they're all in it together and they all get it and they all support each other and, and you're sitting there going, no, like a lot of them fracture. It's not that easy mm-hmm. to keep it together. Right. You've seen a lot of a lot of that up close? Yeah. I mean, again, we look at, you know, the, the we, we still feel like we have our own backs, you know, but at the same time, when you get back, you live in all different states, different, I mean, we're all over the place. You know, the, the fact that we actually get to help one another may not ever happen again. You just don't know. But, you know, I, I can see that from the time we got deployed till now, you know, if we, let's say 100% of people were in a relationship or married, you know, out of that 100%, probably 10% or less are left. Really? You know, and, and uh, I mean, I don't know what the crazy stat is out on it, but, <clears throat> you know, if, if the normal population is... You know, over 50% likely to get divorced. Um, you know, something in the military, I think it's something like 75, 80. I mean, it's, uh, so there's something to it, right? It's not that like, oh, hey, we like to blow stuff up, so we're going to get divorced. I mean, there's shit, obviously, mentally that plays out in the way we portray ourselves with anger or the rage or the, you know, the shortness that uh, I think comes out that obviously leads to that. It has to. Is the, uh, again, like the Hollywood version where he he or she comes back as a different person the war comes back home with them how true is that i'd say it's definitely true um you can't go through something like that and not come home different i would say that the hollywood version is always noticeable you know when you watch a movie you're like oh i can see that shit he's different uh. whereas in reality we're different but it's subtle it's little things you know it's little like oh i I'm going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning with a pistol and flashlight and clear my house because I heard a noise. You know, there's little things like that that are, you know, I'm not freaking out and beating the hell out of someone in Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, I think it's just, it's a lot more subtle. You can't really, you don't notice it, unfortunately, a lot of times until it's too late. Can you see it in your buddies who served when you do get a chance to hang out with them? 
Like, can other military spot it? Um, it's, maybe I can. Well, you know, it's it's kind of no, oh. <laughs> not not really. Um, not really. We don't we don't we do a, we do a worse job spotting it in one another. And it's almost like you know when you look at let's say you had a spouse, and that spouse went through different uh, ranges of what they weighed or what they looked like or their haircut. But when you look at them, you always saw your spouse. And so much is the same with your you know the the people you're close with in your unit. You always see them as them. So they're them no matter what. They're them this day. They're them the next day. They're just a different version of themselves. Um, so, but it's still you see them as them. But in a lot of cases, you know, their family might get to see that more intimate level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, last question. It's not really a question. The floor Ruh-roh. is yours. The mic is yours. Anything you want to do to plug Veteran Valor Farm or shout out to veterans or anything you want to say. Yeah, I mean, Veteran Valor Farm, I mean, it, it, it's it's going to happen. Uh, whether you fuckers support it or not, it's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, so if you don't, uh, I won't hold it against you. Uh, everybody's, I guess I, I'd like to say one thing about the, 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 the naysayers in the nonprofit world, I guess. That's the one thing I think that really chaps my ass about all of it is when people are like, well, you know, we got two different nonprofits we could give to you. You know, one would be the Wounded Warriors and one would be yours, and well, Wounded Warriors has already already made it. They're already helping people. Why wouldn't we just give it to them? We know it's going to work. Mm. Well, you know, they started as the same organization we started with. Mm-hmm. You know, it started with somebody who gave a shit and, and ultimately um, wanted help. And so I would just say that just because somebody is not, uh, you know, fully functioning and up and running and has this fantastic thing and they're helping thousands of people, I would say um, don't be afraid. To, to donate, I guess. Yeah. Whether that's yours, that's mine, that's anybody else's that is coming off the street. I mean, you look at ours and it's like every single cent. We've been spending money out of our own pockets. We're saving everything we get. We, we want to have that up and running. You know what? And if it never did happen, uh, which that won't happen, but if it never did, that money would go somewhere great. It's not going to be like, oh, we're all going to go, uh, you know, uh, you know, rent a, an army tank and blow up some houses in a small uh, neighborhood or something, you know. <laughs> Sorry, that went dark. But... Uh, <laughs> Someplace that's, that's what that's what came to my head but uh yeah i mean it's gonna happen whether it's 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 personal money that i have to work my ass off the next decade to make and make it happen it's gonna happen so mm-hmm. i would just say don't uh don't be afraid to give on your uh donation platform mm-hmm. uh can they give and click a box where it happens monthly like can someone jump on your website right now and and sign up for 20 bucks a month you know that would be awesome they cannot mine is and it's free so you should switch what giving fuel givingfuel.com you gotta hook a brother up yeah because giving fuel is the one that we use and mm-hmm. you uh so if you go to kellynicole.com right now and you're like all right this is kind of a cool podcast i like the album i'm gonna give it five bucks you can sign up and hit donate and then you just check a box and it says make it re- month, monthly mm-hmm. recurring. And the way Giving Fuel works, I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but uh, it's just nice that it's free until you've raised $5,000. Oh, interesting. And we're ages away from that. <laughs> I was going to say, that <laughs> sounds like a good problem. We've, we've had a, a few small donations mm-hmm. and occasionally online, but hopefully the podcast changes that and, and her voice Can you raise it like every six months, like DirecTV, or does it just stay the same? Raise what? I'm just teasing. Their donation. <laughs> oh, can I go and change what they gave? <laughs> I'm just Jesus. Teasing. No, 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 no. Like direct TV. No, it's nothing like that. But um, I mean, obviously they can quit at any time. But still, if they're like, okay, no, this is worth it. This is worth five bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, fifty. Um, yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's that's cool because then as a nonprofit leader, 
You're not wondering where the next 10 bucks is coming from. You can look out into next year and actually make plans and keep them yep. because you know you've got a little bit of revenue that you can lean on. Whereas people like you and me are like, what's in the savings account? <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. 10 bucks does matter, folks. Um, yeah. You know, when you're out there next uh, next time and you go to Starbucks or wherever your favorite coffee joint is and you're looking to get that... Uh, Super mega mocha, whatever latte chino thing that you call them. I have no idea because I just drink Folgers, but um, that's not a plug for Folgers. But uh, when you think about that next time, uh, and your coffee is six dollars, uh, you know that six bucks could go somewhere good. Not saying you have to avoid it every day, but maybe you yep. take, uh, you know, to your point of being able to give every month, you take six bucks one day a week, twenty four bucks a month, and give it to something good. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for buying the album, coming to... God, you're a longtime supporter. Coming to being on the panel, buying a ticket, making a friend buy a ticket. Um, really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Appreciate uh, your friendship and uh, your mission, and uh, we'll make this shit happen. VeteranValorFarm.org. Thanks, Thanks, Teresa. Yeah. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movie. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!